I, I will cover for you real quick. It's a five four three. A five oh, mana yeah. four three. It Thanks does not get a dumpy stamp. It is not in the council has turned its back on this card. So <laughs> yeah, we gotta make that clear because that, that is yeah. an important stat to this show. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 47. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. And this episode is brought to you by Azir and Irelia. <laughs> Play the deck or counter it. <laughs> you decide. <laughs> you so, decide. So we've, we've taken, there's been some holidays that have been going on. We've been around. Um, you all have still been getting episodes because we kind of pre-recorded some stuff. Uh, but in that time frame, there's been this constant back and forth about is Irelia Azir broken? Will the meta figure it out? The answer is yes and no. Uh, so uh, Riot, you know, in a brief news bit, uh, caved in, which is good. Now, I say caved, came to negotiation with the fan base and said, listen, they want to do a larger scale re rebalance, not just a rebalance around Azir Irelia because they think the deck is very important because it is a unique deck. It is very unique, um, yes. although it was very dominant. So they promised us, hey, just give us a little bit of time. We're going to get get you guys something we think you're going to like. And the community said, cool, thanks for communicating. And now we wait. Uh, but here we are weeks later we, on our Darius episode. And we are uh, still spoilers. in the waiting process. <laughs> but I, I guess I guess we'll just take it from the top to housekeeping. Yeah. So you guys can follow us everywhere and nowadays you can also follow us on tiktok but you know hit us up on tiktok twitter and that is at podcast core so at podcast c-o-r and you can reach out to us at podcast core at gmail.com and please leave a like follow and short review slash comment and you know make the comment with five stars but add a star emoji and, so we're six stars and props to the person that did that uh we saw Hell yeah. I've been arguing with our 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 iTunes, our Apple podcast stuff has been kind of wonky lately. I'm going back and back and forth with Apple because they don't care about people. Um, <laughs> but I did see the comment which had the six star, so thank you for doing that. And if we can get some more six star reviews on there, you know, uh more power to you. But you're a legend. Yeah, but you know, as as long as you're listening, that's all that matters. Uh and if your friends aren't, tell them to dismantle the throne while listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Oh, boy. We're going to make a dismantling the throne joke in the year of 2021 <laughs> while living in the United States? That's a, that's a bold move. <laughs> Nothing casual about it. What have you been playing? Tell me what you've been I playing. I have been playing Charvin. So... <laughs> Charvin. <laughs> so Charvin is a deck that's popped up during this whole Irelia Azir debacle, which is purely based on two characters that weren't played much, Shannon Jarvin, but are very good when it comes to dealing with that strategy um, for Irelia Azir. Um, so it plays with bubbles. You get the buffs because of the constant um, chump blocking you're doing. You get the buffs for uh, Jarvin. So when he comes out, it's a nightmare for them to deal with. So they, they essentially are on a clock rather than them putting you on a clock, right? 
so it kind of reverses the roles, but it also plays very well against other decks. It's just a really solid mid-range deck that kind of popped out of the woodwork because of Irelia Azir. So I've been playing that, and I enjoyed a lot. I mean, those two characters, um, champions that I like playing, so. Yeah, it, and definitely the fact that it's more flexible than the other just straight up counters so that you don't just lose on ladder when you exactly <laughs> when it's not I really is Azir. So you said uh, you refused to tell us what you were playing. Uh, but by law it, you're required. It says so in the contract. Been, I it has been such a terrible week in the the <laughs> lands of Runeterra. Uh, and it's entirely by my own making. Um so I have been I spent the first half of the week trying to play a couple Malphite decks. Um, quick shout out uh, to Shane with Twin Sons. I stole his list uh, and started trying to make like little tweaks here and there. I made a Targon Noxus list with Katarina and Malphite um, so that I could. So the idea was to get like some like payday stuff to yeah. give or um, the might or the card might on Malphite and then rally with Katarina <laughs> so that I could just kill someone with Listen, Malphite. Everyone is familiar with the very popular <laughs> duo of Katarina and Malphite. Oh yes. It's, it's a like classic. Tom and Jerry. It's, so and then uh, because <laughs> like after that I was just miserable. And then like Wednesday it was like Wednesday or Thursday rolls around I'm still miserable of my own making. And then I get a quest for like trigger plunder cards. So then I've spent the last two and a half to three days tweaking a twisted fate zillion list because I've lost my mind and I don't know what to do anymore, but I'm, I'm still having fun, but I'm not winning. I think I've won maybe five games this whole week. I'm so lost. I just, but it's like I'm still laughing at the end of every one of my games, and I just hate myself. I don't know what to do. Oh, man. I don't have an answer for you, but I do have the topic for today. <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. Get back to work. <laughs> so today our topic is bow down to the X-Men. Um, we're talking about Darius, and that's a little, we're dating ourselves again. Uh, for you youngins out there, it's the Axeman by Omen. Check it out. Some good old, good old 80s power metal. If you don't like some power metal, it just means you haven't listened to it. That's all yeah. it means. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're finally talking about Darius. I think, you know, with Noxus, we joke about how much we like to, you know, poke fun at, at, at our Noxus listeners as they wait for us to finally cover it. But Noxus is important. We've talked about that over the the breadth of the Noxus episodes we've done at this point. So check all of those out before you get here. It's one of those regions you definitely want to listen to in order, similar to when we did our Shurima episodes. Um, so you don't miss any of the little tidbits that kind of put this all together. But Darius is important, and Darius is important right after Swain, uh, which we talked about not too long ago, so check out that episode. Uh, but as always, we start with the spells and the followers. So for Darius, it's very straightforward, and we're starting with Decimate. <laughs> we're, we're going straight to one of the classics. We're, we're going straight to just some good old bread and butter Noxus, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, this card is an OG, OG card from the beginning. 
Um, and it's simple, simple big damage. It's a five cost slow spell that has deal four to the enemy nexus. All right. Not much confusion there. Yeah. Uh, for anyone else listening to this that's played a lot of card games in the past, whether physical or digital, um, everyone knows that face is the place <laughs> and decimate is going to the face. Grug. And- uh, yeah, Krug. <laughs> SM Orc. <laughs> but this card has been played from day one in a lot of aggro and mid-range strategies. That's where it fits the boat the best. Uh, and it usually functions as a closer uh, to essentially say, by that point in the game, you shouldn't have more than four life. So I'm going to go ahead and finish everything off with this spell at slow speed because it doesn't matter. Uh, and decks use, tend to play two of these. Um, at most, if it's an aggro strategy, they may play three. Yeah, you you could argue that decks uh, tend to play like four because a lot <laughs> because a lot of like those decks they have that one of um, Commander Farian at the yeah. top, which is going to create two. Yeah. So like they, it's like look, if I don't draw a decimate, I'm drawing a form of decimate. Then because you gotta. Those kinds of decks, they have to have that little bit of reach, that way to get over the top, make sure they get to the face. And exactly. And um, we do we, classic. Oh, sorry. Yeah. We we do get a quote here, though, with some flavor on Decimate from Darius himself, which is sometimes it takes tactical genius to break your fortress. Sometimes you just have to hit it harder. <laughs> and that quote is going to come very much in play when we talk about Darius himself. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a no nonsense guy, but very practical. Yeah. It, there's a reason he's quoted on the card. There's a reason that this is his unique spell. There, yeah, there's a reason. We'll get there. <laughs> so this takes us to our follower, the Trifarian Assessor. Now, the Trifarian is a, a wing of the army. That is controlled by Darius and Hetch. When he talks about Darius, he'll tell you more about that. So as you may notice um, as a newer player or if you've been playing, there's a couple cards with the keyword, tri- not keyword, but the the um, header Trifarian, um, Hoplite's one and stuff like that. So these all kind of fit within the realm of under the command of Darius. So the flavor on these cards play into that as well. Um, and this one is hella flavorful when we get to like the end of the Darius story here. Uh, but Trifarian Assessor is a five cost four five that has when I'm summoned, draw one for each five plus power ally you have. So if the allies on the board have five plus power, you draw a card for each. And, and I, I will cover for you real quick. It's a five four three, a five oh, mana yeah. four three. It does not get a dumpy stamp. It is not in the council has turned its back on this card. So, yeah, we got to make that clear because that, that is an important stat to this show. <laughs> no, you are correct. It does not get the Duffy stamp of approval. And thank you for keeping me in check. Can't just go giving those out. No, no, absolutely not. You have to earn that stamp. (laughs) So, yeah, she's a 4-3. And what she does, so she functions, as the name says, an assessor. Um, And it fits really well into the Darius story because of the focus on very strong potential and what that does for that wing of the army. Well, we get a good quote here um, from Legion General 
uh, that says it takes a ruthless or it takes a ruthlessly discerning eye to select those worthy enough to become part of the Trifarian Legion. But she can sort the wolves from the sheep a mile away. And uh, and it's really it's really nice because like they these cards even have a lot of fun quotes on the board in the game too so if you listen to the voice acting yeah they're all they're all very much a united front like they they do have the feeling of the legion even though they all drive me crazy uh when you start looking at a lot of historical terms because you know the hoplites would be the formations or to name to soldiers of the greek armies uh, especially the Greek armies that would have been conquered by legions or the legionnaires of Rome <laughs> at the later days of when you started seeing hoplites falling off. But no, they're a Trifarian legion, and we're using Roman pronunciations for the yeah. Trifarii. Okay, no, I'm I'm fine. I'll be so, okay. So see, this is why Riot should hire us uh, for this stuff. Yeah. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll call you out on this and then also go, where's the dump? Where's Where's the dumping? (laughs) But yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, I'm happy you called out the voice acting because that's one of the parts that we haven't talked about in a while. That's so good about this game is, is not just a straight up card game. You have this world within it as you play. Um, So if you ever want to go build a deck with all the Trifarian cards, do it so you can get that kind of that flavor. Yep. And uh, and hopefully hopefully we'll get a little more support for Trifarian Assessor because uh, it this is one of those cards that always is just barely on the fence there. We will hit a meta where this card just shines and then everybody will figure out how to counter it. And this card just kind of ends up falling behind, but it never goes too far behind. It's always just right there on the fence because it's. A very powerful effect, especially for a lot of mid-range stuff. The ability to potentially draw a lot of cards just for already winning the board is terrifying. So it, it this is a card that I'm always just tempted to be like, ah, maybe I should try to play around with this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. When you see um, Noxus and Frailyard decks, you're definitely going to, you can guess there's one of these in the deck. Absolutely. Yeah, it's you gotta you gotta be aware of it. You gotta you gotta keep it in your mind, especially after like LeBlanc came out and it was like, oh, are you doing it? Is it you? Are you the mad lad? (laughs) (laughs) So take us to the man himself. All right. So if it wasn't clear yet, we're talking about Darius, and let's let's talk about the man who brings the decimation. All right. So uh, one of the things that's going to that we are going to mention a lot as far as talking about Darius' story is the what a good bit of what we talked about in Swain's story, because um, Darius' story mostly takes place before, um, before the ending of Swain's story. I'm saying it that way before I spoil it. If you haven't listened to those episodes, here's your warning. I'm about to spoil the Swain story real quick. So pause me now. Go listen to it. You've been warned. All right, that's all the time you get. Okay, so we're going to talk a lot about what happens before the coup that Swain pulls off in Noxus. And the when we're talking about Darius, the very beginning of his story is he's very tight with his brother, and his brother is Draven. Every Runeterra player listening to this is going to recognize that as another champion 
in Runeterra. So it's they we're we're gonna be talking a lot about the brothers right now, but we're not gonna go too in depth with the coup until we get to Draven. So these these stories are all very much interlocked, and this is a big reason why Noxus is very important to Runeterra. All right, so now Darius and Draven, they grew up in a port city, um, in the port city of Basilich. Uh, that's the pronunciation I'm sticking with. Um, and from a very young age, they constantly found themselves at odds with all of the street gangs and thugs of Basilich. These two boys were street urchins at heart. Um, and any of our listeners out there who've been sticking with us for a while, first off, we love you. Second off, you're probably right now going, wait a second, Renekton Nasa story? Um, <laughs> it, it, this is very much a similar story of just like the, the brothers that just stuck it out uh, through everything. Um, the only difference is that Nasus, a very intellectually minded person, uh, started using his brain to get himself out of the streets and put himself in a position to save Renekton. Darius and Draven just started beating the crap out of everybody. All right. So they're they, both bruisers. <laughs> yeah. They, they both were Renektons and they're just like, yeah. Um, and if they're, if we have any like UK listeners, I'm going to apologize ahead of time, but they just looked at everybody and went, you want to scrap brev? Uh, and they fought everyone. And then when the guards would come to break up the fights, They'd fight the guards like these, these Our guys. Classic line: "Fight me like a bruv." <laughs> fight me like a bruv. And for these, for these guys, everything was on site. All right, so is <laughs> th- that's that's where we differentiate these two from Nasus and Renekton. And the the quote here is that Darius earned more scars by his twelfth summer than some soldiers do in a lifetime. Like they. They just fought all the time. Um, now, Basilich is a very small port city, not really of any major importance to the whole of Runeterra, but since it is a port city, it's going to be looked at by every nation. So it does, later on within their lives, when they become a little bit older, it becomes conquered by Noxus. And it is after Noxus conquers it, by a war host led by a Captain Cyrus, this is where Draven and Darius's life truly begins because they find themselves able to join the war host and become contributing soldiers slash citizens of Noxus. And they join that war host because Cyrus looks at these two punk kids and goes, holy crap. Y'all might kill us all. What is what is going? Y'all want to fight with us instead? Like what the heck? Like they, they saw two bruisers and said, "Come on." And yeah, I, I could imagine your you know when your when your soldiers are in port and they're coming back beaten to hell <laughs> from duty, and you're like, "Wait a minute, I can't have this. Ki- what is what is causing this?" And you find the cause. It's just and you recruit it. Just some punks. <laughs> just some punks. <laughs> just some punks chilling on the street corner. It, it, you know, actually, that that specific key point here um, reminds me a lot about when we talked about uh, Vi and how, 
you know, she was so destructive as a rebel that sooner or later she ended up joining the police as a yeah. special operative. Yeah, it's just like, uh, screw this. Instead of trying to arrest you, can we just work together? Just stop beating us up. Yeah. Uh, that's very much what happens with the the Cyrus's war host. Yeah. And this this is the turning point for the brothers' lives because as they become true citizens of Noxus, that's where they also part ways because Draven, he ends up finding his, his worth in life and what he enjoys. But we're going to talk about that in a later episode. Now, Darius, if anyone's watched the short, the, that we got for Runeterra, when they introduced the Noxus region, you know what Darius is about. Darius embodies and he holds so strongly to the values that every citizen of Noxus can earn their way to the top of the ladder through hard work and sacrifice to the nation of Noxus. And that he truly believes that they are all equal as Noxians. And Darius just sticks to that as a fault. And he ends up continuing to try to climb the ranks within the military and he does climb the ranks, not only because of his prowess on the battlefield, but he does have a decent strategic mind and he's able to lead troops. And it is specifically his best, his strongest claim to fame and his one of the largest rises in the military that he had was after uh, the battle on the Dalamore Plains where he beheads his commanding officer because his commanding officer orders a retreat. <laughs> so beheads the general of multiple war hosts <laughs> and then ends up rallying the scattered war hosts that are in the middle of trying to retreat, rallying them and defeating an army larger than themselves and claiming a massive victory for Noxus. Um, yeah, yeah, decimate. All right, there's, <laughs> there's a reason it's his spell, there's a reason it's a big old axe on it. All right, like it's it, it is like, no, Noxians do not run, <laughs> we crush. Yeah, all right, and the, so it is at this point that he ends up moving up the ranks within the military, he begins to claim fame within Noxus. So even outside of the military, people are aware of who Darius is and he becomes named. Uh, well, uh, this is where he starts getting to know the emperor. He's not quite named yet, but it is knowing the emperor and he gets his own, uh, his own legion at this point. All right. Now, even though he has his own legion, he does not, this is, he, he does not have a true name to the Legion yet, but this is where he begins to establish what is the Trifarian Legion, or specifically the Trifarian Standard. All right. When we look at the Assessor and the other Trifarian soldiers who, like, you know, only the best can become Trifarian, this is where these ideals start to be built. And it is with, him first coming out of the kind of the bottom rungs of the military after the Dalamore Plains. And it's with this new legion and this new standard that he's able to claim more victories. Well, like uh, with the next big one is 
defeating the Varju. I'm I have no idea how to say that. This is not any it, it is nowhere near any word that I know. Um so the Varju at their cloud fortress. All right. So they it's a proud race uh proud warrior race. Yeah. So it kind of gives more of like a tribal feel. I, I would need to research the the Varju a little bit more to see if they were like maybe like in the Acathian region or something, yeah. but uh this is a, a place that for decades has held out against the Noxus Empire, and Darius is able to claim a victory. Um, and the victory is described as both using a lot of strategy that all failed, and then he ends up just going, beat it down, and <laughs> ends up grinding out a victory. Yeah. And it is at the conquering of the Cloud Fortresses that uh, Darius is officially named as the Hand of Noxus, and he is named the Hand of Noxus by Dor- Borum Darkwill. Never heard that name before. Oh, <laughs> something <laughs> rings a bell. All right. So Darkwill names him the Hand of Noxus and then gives him the most difficult task of every military commander of their entire careers, which is to fight the barbarians of the Freljord. <laughs> and if you've listened to our Trindamir episode. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so it's one of those things where around this time, like we've talked in the previous episodes, Borum Darkwell is losing himself, right? Losing his mind. And to come back from such a victory to get this title and then get this ridiculous command, because we've talked a little bit about where things are located on the map. And Freljord is out of the way. It's not like next door. It's not only that it's a very difficult task for the fight itself, like who you're engaging with, but it's also very far away. And there's almost no reason to conquer it. (laughs) Yeah, like wars, wars are fought for resources and they're fought with resources. So you are not going to spend these resources to not get anything in return. And this is why, you know, you could tell Darkwill's losing his mind because you are fighting the most ruthless creatures on the on the planet of Runeterra for nothing, for literally a frozen <laughs> wasteland. Um, and Darius stays out in the Freljord for years. Um, he, and by comparison to a lot of other Noxus campaigns into the Freljord, Darius has one of the most successful campaigns. And by most successful campaign, it is defined as ending in a stalemate. He it does he does his best. Like, you know, that's all we we all wake up every day and we just do our best. But he he is captured by the Winter's Claw, which if anyone has been looking at like Sejuani and any of the cards associated with Sejuani, um, the Winter Claw is scary. He he he's captured by the Winter Claw and escapes with his life. Like the the dude, it's not like he's just going up to the Freljord <laughs> and trying not to freeze to death. This dude is he's doing his best, man. And this and- is another this is another emphasis <laughs> on the madness that is Borum Darkwill's mind because you you're taking a newly acquired, very valuable resource in Darius and tossing him in a situation where he should die for no reason. 
For ice. For ice. <laughs> for a cup of ice. Uh, so, yeah, like, it, Darius goes out there and does his best. And this is where we get to Darius returning back to Noxus um, as far as with his worst defeat. His worst defeat being a tie. All right. Like, this, this guy's great. All right. But th this is where the Noxus story and how important it is comes together because what does he return to he returns to a noxus that's been flipped on its head after suffering a coup at the hands of jericho swain and the thing that we did not talk about in the swain episode is that it the right hand man that instigated this coup was none other than draven darius's brother so now darius returns to noxus Probably cold. All right. Just like. <laughs> Just a tad. Freezing his butt off. Wearing his Patagonia jacket. Yeah. <laughs> just pissed off, tired. <laughs> And then just looks around and goes, why is Draven on the throne? What happened? What did you do, you idiot? And <laughs> he now finds himself in this very strange position because the last time he was in Noxus, he was named the Hand of Noxus. He was given this title that kind of sets him like it's the right-hand man of the Emperor. So he should be loyal to the Emperor in everyone's eyes but not only has the emperor been deposed by a general that darius does respect because a lot of what darius learned as far as as being a soldier was by watching the careers of other generals and darius has been quoted as being very outspoken against how swain was was kicked out of the military and kind of he was discharged uh, dishonorably and he very much disagreed with that not only did is this a man that he respects but he was assisted by his blood and his flesh and blood he was assisted by draven so you now everyone's watching darius because it's what is darius actually loyal to and all the soldiers that have ever served with Darius, they know the truth, which is that he is loyal to Noxus, and he does not care who sits on the throne of Noxus. He will serve Noxus, and he will do what he believes is right for Noxus. And if they don't do what's right for Noxus, he'll cut their head off himself. He doesn't <laughs> care. So he ends up assisting Swain as far as creating the new the new council of noxus uh, if anyone is familiar with history this is very similar to how rome went from having a ruler into following the senate before the senate ends up kind of you know getting messed around with and then you have another line of emperors afterwards but this is a transition of a from an emperor to a senate but instead of a full senate you just have a council with three bodies um the three bodies uh, they all have different names the only one we're going to talk about is darius's council um because they represent vision might and guile and darius sits on the council of might and it is named the trifarian legion so now we have the actual Trifarian Legion. The Trifarii are officially born, but that standard was set 
long ago by the exploits of Darius himself. And now he hopes to sit at the head of the Trifarian Legion and lead Noxus into further glory and conquest. And that's kind of where we leave off there. Exactly. It's it's one of those cases where I've mentioned this in the Swain episode um, because we haven't really gone deep into the Trifarics. Uh, we will at some point. Don't worry. But we this Darius part of the story also emphasizes my thought on why the early history of what happens after this is formed is going to be very entertaining, um, depending on what they do with it, because you're essentially talking about a space that's almost an early democracy of sorts uh, for a country that has been a or been purely imperialistic up to this point. So you always have conflicts. You're always going to have things that are going to change there. And the way that they interact with the outside world is going to change completely. Uh, so it's once again, Noxus is very important, and uh, but it's also very interesting to watch this all develop through these different characters. Yeah. And, and we're going to keep talking about how important it is because you have like the voice lines for all the Trifarian Legion cards. You have the interactions between Darius and the soldiers in the game. And we have not been shy about this. We are so hyped for the idea of an MMO. We are just permanently waiting for any time Riot tells us more about it. And th this is probably one of the stories that we're always going to bring up. Like, it may not be the first one we bring up. We're always going to bring up the the Noxus coup and what mm -hmm. an MMO could do with that. Yeah. Because this, it, it's just perfect. It's so well written for what an MM, what MMO players want. Like this, this is what we would want. Yeah. So, um, Riot, please, please, it's at podcastcore at gmail.com. <laughs> please. Um, but yeah, so before, before I go too crazy with that idea, the, we got to talk about the card. Yeah. Um, because Darius, Darius has a card that is absolutely perfect for the Noxus region. It is absolutely perfect for every aggro and mid-range list the the decks that have cut darius do so just because it it there are cards that just fit it better but he will always fit there because this card is this is what i like to see someone with a very smooth brain like myself can play this card with success and i love it so <laughs> darius is a six mana six five with overwhelm which as an aggro player, I like overwhelm. Let's do it. And his level up is very simple. I see the enemy Nexus has 10 or less health. All right. And talking about decimate, talking about how face is the place. You know what? How do you level up Darius? You go to the face. All right. That's how you level him up. And what happens when he levels up? Um, so Darius is one of the very few champions in this game that does not follow the traditional level up uh, criteria, which is almost every character they level up. It's plus one plus one. Darius does not follow that. Darius is a massive plus four <laughs> plus one. So he becomes a six mana 10-6 with Overwhelm. And uh, we love the magic of math here, guys. So Decimate <laughs> is 4 damage 
Darius is six. Six plus four is ten. We did it. <laughs> All right. So, and with the magic of math, max health is twenty. So then, Darius levels up when they become ten. Twenty minus ten is ten, <laughs> and ten minus ten <laughs> is victory. Ain't it beautiful? Isn't Ain't math it, great, dude? Math is beautiful. If you if you don't if if you haven't tried out an aggro strategy, just think of it as math. I, I mean, want a T-shirt that says like "Math is art," not just because it's sort of reductive, but also because it would piss off everybody who reads my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. And just put a dumpy stamp of approval on the back. And put a dumpy stamp of approval around it. <laughs> the confusion. We're working uh, on our shirt ideas as we speak. Yeah, so uh, now Darius, like Darius is just a great card as far as just, it's simple. It's sometimes simple is good. We, we talked about that when we went over LeBlanc's card, um, which LeBlanc, it makes a lot more sense because it's exhausting to try to imagine how to translate the League of Legends character into Legends of Runeterra. Uh, but with Darius, it's just simple. It, like, and it, it, But he translates a little bit better because, you know, yeah, Darius just kills people. So, yeah, let's just kill people. Let's just do that. Um, and the, otherwise, not a lot of depth here. And why? Why? Sometimes you just need to go to the face. Exactly. Uh, and instead of giving depth to the card, they give it to the flavor because the the quotes on this it really kind of gives a better idea of darius and this duality of having a good mind for being a general while also just wanting to still be the street urchin the 12 year old kid beating the crap out of the city guard because uh, on his pre-level up we have an iron will and a titan strength there is no finer general to lead the Trifarian Legion. A direct quote from Swain. And I mean, like growing up in the United States of America, like that is that that's some crap that they would teach you in like <laughs> in like your fifth grade, sixth grade social studies. Good class. old pro propaganda. <laughs> it's like, you know, like listen to these quotes from presidents talking about these fine generals going into the World War One and leading the doughboys. All right. All right. So it's like, yeah, so th this that's the kind of guy you got. So you know, Uncle Sam's here yeah. looking at Darius. And then we flip over into this 10 6 overwhelm card. And instead of a Swain quote, we now have a Darius direct quote, which is stand in our way and I'll cut you down myself. <laughs> All right. Heads will roll. Decimate. <laughs> decimate <laughs> and i think yeah, i think with go. that that i mean that takes us into our part of the episode uh where i always have a question and or challenge for hedge and oh boy this one is directly related to <laughs> these generals so in the following list who would you rather follow and i'm not going to give you everybody because that's easy i've picked four because of their insanity so you can either <laughs> Follow Darius into battle. You can follow Renekton into battle. You can follow Sejuani into battle or Trindamir. 
Which one do you prefer? <laughs> I'll go first. For me, um, obviously this question is meant to be tough, right? Because they're all psychotic in some manner. Yeah, meant to be tough. I know who you're picking already. I- <laughs> so just go ahead and say it. Like, yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah. Like you, you got called out. And now, and now you're just all right, like, no. Arm is the big stuff. Who am I gonna pick? Sedwani. You're gonna pick Sedwani. Well, yeah, just like, to make my queen. Okay, listen. Yeah, look, look at all you. Right. Look at you. Like just trying to try to cover, trying to be like, no, no, it wasn't Sedwani. I'm. I, I. So maybe I broke my own question. I'm picking Sedwani because I would be an agent for my queen Ash. I would be operating <laughs> as a spy I knew from it. inside. So my goal is always to make her happy, therefore I must. <laughs> How dare you call me out? How hey. rude. Hey, hey, if you would if you would put any Demacian general on this list, I would be saying it for yeah, you know, I gotta I gotta get close to the crowd's guard. Lux! <laughs> yeah. The Damascian generals have too much sense, (laughs) which is why they didn't make the list. Um, I'm actually really conflicted on this one because Mm -hmm. then it's like if I, if because I don't see survival happening with any of these generals, um, which is terrifying. Yeah. So then it's like okay, well, so which one, like, so how how. Feral do I want to become? All right. Yeah. Like how crazy do I want to be? And and yeah, uh, think think about yourself as you are and, now mentally. The amount of of psychological horror you will have to go through. You're going to change as a person no matter who you follow in this. <laughs> but yeah. the question is, one, will you survive? And two, do you come out the end, other end of that pipe with some resemblance of humanity? Yeah, I think. I think, like, at the end of the day, I would have to go probably with Trindamir. Um, because, like, at least with Trindamir, it is just pure, unadulterated anger. And he is, he does have, like, this, like, I, th- I think, like, the reason I could pick Trindamir is because whenever he is kind of reined in by Ash, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, look, a sense of humanity is left. Because it was up against up in the air as far as just with Renekton. Um, because yeah. then it's like, okay, everyone just channel this unadulterated carnage. <laughs> all right? It's like, you see something, you kill it. Yeah. Uh, and But at least Trindamir, I think, would be diving deep enough in to where... I could lose my mind and then just die at my enemy's hands. Mm -hmm. Whereas Renekton isn't going to dive deep enough in to where I could die at my enemy's hands. So like he's, (laughs) he's going to hit the line and then he's going to start following that line of battle horizontally instead of vertically. (laughs) And And he might end up killing you himself and kill both sides. So, (laughs) Like at least, like at least, at that line of battle, Trindamir is going vertically away yeah. from me. So I think I think it would be Trindamir. Okay, <laughs> I, I, and as we get further into like content, I think we might come back to this concept um, when we go to more higher level things as far as talking about the type of imperialistic uh, groups that we see and how they operate, the comparisons, the differences, um, because. 
I mean, we always compliment Riot on their storytelling, but they're similar enough for relevance, so it's easy to relate between them because they all exist in the same world of Runeterra. Uh, but they also have their, dis their, their nuances that are different enough um, to keep them interesting and uh, that also apply to their situations, right? Because, like, for example, um, like the Trindamere Sejuani situation in Freljord is such a long-standing uh, existence in that tribal, those three main tribes, that's a way of life for a lot of those people involved. Whereas, like, the dairy situation has become very new. This is a very new thing uh, to Noxus. So th that's a cool difference um, in, in the approaches to that barbarian slash savagery uh, yeah. culture yeah and and it does give just enough to where you can we can still talk about how like sejuani and Trinamir are different like because like like just with this example like sejuani is fighting for a tribe that has had nothing by frailyord standards has had nothing and they're fighting for survival. Yeah. Whereas Trindamir is like, I survived. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> like they, it's like, yeah, sure. Like they, you could argue they're both fighting for survival, but there are like enough of a difference to where we can split them up. And, uh, and Riot has already shown that they are, they, they, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with it and they are doing cool stuff with it. So it's, I mean, that's why we're still here having way too many conversations about these characters and their stories. Exactly. So we'll revisit this. Um, but as always, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. Take care, everybody.